So guys, just like I promised, part one was a blast. Um, <clears throat> the reason why we split it up was because the conversation was just going. We clearly was vibing um, on a multitude of different topics. Uh, many of those topics is going to add a lot of value for you know, small business owner, uh, people who are trying to get out the nine to five rat race. Um, so uh, without further ado, um, let's get on with part two um, of this episode, guys. So again, I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome to the Sun Island. Digging in now um, more on that legal side, you know, because we kind of dig into mindset, which yeah. we all need, right? Mm -hmm. Now you're in your legal profession. Um, what are the most or, or what area of law do you mostly focus on? So I personally focus on real estate, having the real estate background and business. I mean, I, I, I just, I like business. I, I don't know how to explain it. I, li I love business. I love contracts. I like the negotiations. Like I love all of that stuff. It's fun. Um, so I do business and real estate and estate planning. Estate planning because a lot of times, especially entrepreneurs, we don't think of what happens if we can't do something or if we're not able to take care of certain things. So we don't always plan for our family, kind of like you mentioned. Um, a lot of immigrants just think, oh, you know, God is in control. True. Like, yeah. yeah. No, I get it. I get God it. You don't is, have to explain. But you kind of have yeah. to do something else. It's like else. the story where the guy was drowning. I don't know if you heard it. And well, I don't know if it's the same story. The guy was drowning in the middle of the ocean. Like, his, his yep. boat broke down. Yep. And he... Two ships came by, was like, God is going to help. Right. God is going to help. You know, by right. the second ship came by, by the third, there was no ship. ship. Right. He died. And he went to heaven and asked God... But you didn't help me. Like you I didn't help me. <laughs> right, right? So I get it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's the same thing. It's it's sort of that. So my my personal focus is business, real estate, and estate planning. What I have noticed over the past three years of having my law practice, however, is that sometimes, not always, sometimes it's hard for people to get excellent legal representation with good mm. customer service and um, a collaborative approach. And I say collaborative in the sense that Sometimes people that are providing services feel like they are, uh, no no shade to any industry, feel like, oh, we know so much and we know what we're doing, therefore we don't need to treat you, the customer, in the same way. Um, and I, you, I've heard stories, I've had a client come into my office and they were leaving a lawyer and they're on the phone and the lawyer's like, don't call me, da, 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 da. like just things that you're like, wow, this is how people treat people? Um, that's kind of forced me to grow my business in a, in a way. So I, I've hired a couple of the attorneys and we're going to do family and criminal. One person is going to manage family and criminal and the other is going to manage bankruptcy and immigration, but also all based on the foundation of how my, what my core values are, which is really customer service and representation and professionalism. I'm really trying to make sure we aim for exceptional service. So I used to focus on one thing, but now we've, we're growing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're growing, same core values, same type of business, same energy. So even if you come into my office, you will feel the same thing, kind of like you talk to your team. I want my team to be able to have that same drive to provide excellent service to people. Yeah. I think it's a privilege to be in a position where we get to help people handle their problems. Um, and I don't take that lightly. So that just means how we operate, how we treat you, how we talk to you. We're going to make sure that we take care of you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That That is definitely a blessing. So... 
now we're, we're gonna kind of in 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 business mm-hmm. still same the law type stuff mm-hmm. um now you're kind of in a transition phase it sounds like like growth phase growth. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. This is transition yeah. growing right yeah, yeah. like one of them level up mm-hmm. phase mm-hmm. and it's interesting because as a small business owner you know i'm in that phase as well i think i'd mentioned to you at one point that i'm in talks with a very large mm-hmm. solar installer in the company mm-hmm. in the in the US and they were, were talking to them in order for me to become like a subcontractor mm-hmm. for installation because I got the sales part down. Yeah. I, I yeah. think I got not like down. There's always room for growth. Of that course. part is good. But now I get to be a subcontractor, like a construction business right, practically, right? right? So that is opening open me up to actually think as a business owner. As, mm-hmm. as much as I've been in business for a while, I think this transition is actually mm-hmm. creating that for me. Um, a lot of people don't understand that being what an entrepreneur is and what being self-employed is. Mm-hmm. You want to give your point of view on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and most business owners are self-employed. Right. You're still working in the business. (laughs) You're still the one who makes the money. If you don't show up, there's no money made. The second you're able to go away from and that's still a job. So it's just a job. It's a different sort of boss because you get to be your own boss, but you still have a job. When we move from that space of being self-employed to full-on entrepreneurship is when you're actually creating companies and things that can function outside of yourself. So if I die tomorrow is my business able to continue yes yeah right yeah. if it's not or, or not even say that if you take a vacation take to a jamaica, vacation, right yeah okay we can say plug. yeah so take vacation to jamaica you know but the thing with your vacation you can still call in you can you know advise yeah. someone oh you're like some like, cut yeah off. now now that saying. i have like i've hired lawyers sure they're working but i can mm, still check in mm. I, i'm still gonna be like if they need help they can they, they can call me but i'm still there mm. if i'm not there can the business continue Okay, I see what you're saying. That's when you know you own a company. Like you're now an entrepreneur. You can step away and you have a business that will function and pay you, but you can step away. I think a lot of, most of us are still in the early phases of entrepreneurship where we are still kind of self-employed people until we're able to sort of create things that function outside of us. What do you think you get there though? Because it's a, it's a, and it's, it's intense because it's a, it's an area that you'll get in, mm-hmm. right? And even if you want to use facts and figures, right? Say, mm-hmm. for example, you're in a good employer, E, mm-hmm. and you're making 150, 100,000, maybe even 200,000, or whatever you're making a year. You know, it, it's good money, but for some people, it's like they want to level up, even mm-hmm. if they're making that, those high type of six figures. But no, you become a small business owner mm-hmm. and you're looking at quarter mil to half a mil, up to even a mil sometime, mm-hmm. right? Um, that can be an extremely comfortable place to mm-hmm. be in. And then you can lie to yourself that, oh, I'm working. You see what I mean? Yeah. How do you think you graduate from getting that high income, mm-hmm. some level of autonomy to actually make it a full on business? What do you think? I think that's where systems, well, planning first, planning, right? Okay. Planning systems, operations, delegation, those are all things that come into play. Delegation, I can tell someone to do work and take myself out of a certain... Because a lot of times when you're self-employed, you're driving a car with like 10 steering wheels. 
It's like maybe you're playing a video game. Maybe a video game is better. But whatever. Yeah, I get it. I you totally have some, get it. You have all these things as a it's dashboard, a buttons, your yeah. buttons, your, mm. that's all of it. I think for you to begin to even gradually get there, you need to start releasing yourself from some of those responsibilities. So hiring someone to do something, um, bringing in people to help manage certain things, creating operations, create getting managerial positions that can handle and make certain decisions without you, empowering others to do some things without you. So that way there's a business that's functional. And it all doesn't come down to you. If it comes down to you, you're just employed that, in your own business. It's crazy because that in itself is a mindset. So that's yeah. a graduated mindset from the just leaving it. To, yeah. It's a legit a whole yeah. new mindset. And it's kind of fun when you're figuring out that, yeah, my mind is changing. Right. Because I landed this contract with a huge installer, right? Nice. Um, you know what my first thought was on the next big call I'm going in with? Yeah. I got to have a project manager Absolutely. on that call. Absolutely. Because now you know it can't all be you. I just It's just like <laughs> automatically. I, like, right. I know already right. I'm going to need a solid project manager. Before, right. I had st before I even got to that mindset, it was like, oh, yeah, I can handle it. Yeah. But I don't even, I know I yeah. cannot. So I'm like... On my next big call with this giant company, mm -hmm. I close the deal. Mm -hmm. And in my point, nice. point of view, yeah. as the business owner, that's my job. I secure the business, yeah. secure the, Get the, growth. the money. Get the money. Right. And then I'm like, hey, on this call, I have to have somebody that I can trust who would be able to make good decisions mm -hmm. alongside me. So mm -hmm. that that's that's great. Yeah. That leads me into another um, important concept of okay. leadership, mm -hmm. right? I live by the idea of servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the concept. Mm -hmm. You want to expound on that idea, that philosophy, and um, why it would help, or, yeah. or just your opinion on it? Um, my general opinion is I, I, when I begin to bring people into my office to work for me, I essentially am working for them. I'm, I'm leading, I'm guiding, I'm doing the business, I'm out of there, but I also have to listen to their needs and their wants and what they need to grow and what they need to evolve. Same with the clients, right? The clients come in, they can say, I have this problem, I want to do A, B, and C. My role is to hear them and then guide them, but I have to guide them in a way that's not forceful, mm -hmm. right? I mean... Can I have flexibility to talk about you, for instance? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. You have total so, flexibility. Go so ahead. So we had we had a mediation and we're in a meeting and I remember you were like, no, we're not doing this. I'm not going to do that. No, no, no. And I was like, okay, how do we have this conversation? Because you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to give up something, but I need to find a way to phrase it to you so it makes sense. In that moment, you don't know what I'm thinking or how, how I'm just trying first, to process. I know exactly what you're talking. You phrased it perfectly. Right. There's a whole face. <laughs> I have my game face on. But I'm thinking, how do I say this where he understands what I'm trying to do? And if you notice, to the other party, I was like, no, we are not doing it. <laughs> Definitely not. This is it. Blah, blah, blah. I told but you we had a, a negotiation <laughs> genius, man. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, but when we had our one-on-one, -on -one, uh -huh. I was like, yo, you know, we got to do this. How are we going to do that? This is this why is we so should funny. do this. And then, so you have I to understand. You're all so like, even negotiating that and then come back with me. It's like you were just playing both sides. And oh, it's I always like, say playing. It sounds not, bad. Not, not like, no, 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 sides. not like bad. And yeah, I was managing it's, the it's situation. Yes. I get it. I, I get it. I was orchestrating a were... powerful uh, final response <laughs> on both yes, sides. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, so. But, that's clever. Yeah, I, I, yeah I, and I like Thanks. the art of 
negotiation. I like yeah. the idea. That's why when you were mentioning like, hey, what's your band? I already knew what that, uh, your mm-hmm. banter was because, mm-hmm. you know, I like that idea. But uh, so you said figure servant leadership, right. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You're guiding, but you're finding a way to do it from a, from a place of humility. You're finding a place to do it from a way, place where you don't feel all the people you're working with or helping or directing don't feel like you're staring them. They don't feel like you're moving mm, I'm a moving sales guy and I didn't realize I was so... <laughs> <laughs> It's good. I love it. But in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Remember, whenever a sales guy said they're so, it's right. a compliment. Right, that's what right. I do. Yeah. Right? To me, because um, a lot of people misunderstand marketing, they misunderstand sales, right? Mm-hmm. Say, for example, in uh, solar panels, that we sell solar panels, mm-hmm. right? And there's an obvious um, threat to humanity, which is global warming. Mm-hmm. Like everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. There's also an obvious solution to that threat, which is renewable. Mm-hmm. So all sources are renewable, including mm-hmm. solar, right? I've been in the industry for a long time and I'm super passionate about that, right? So for me, sales is problem solving. Mm-hmm. Not even for me. That's the, mm-hmm. that's what sales is. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a problem of people needing to get this information and I just present it in a way to solve their problem, right? Yeah. So so whenever I give that compliment, I, I, but I the you. way we do it, the way we have to do it is have them make decision thinking it's actually their, their decision. <laughs> like when it's you. <laughs> so I'm just, we're talking, yeah. I was like, that's exactly what just happened. But it make, <laughs> but but at the same time, it's not like a decision, but it's a decision that's going to benefit every party. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, that's the, that's so that's in my book, that yeah. sales like, yeah. like flat out. And I loved it. It's <laughs> awesome. Um, so serve, uh, servant leadership is, is a, is a great thing that um, folks need to have. And, we talked a good bit about the the legal side. You you provide service for business and um, estate planning, real stuff estate, like that. Yeah. business, real estate, and estate planning primarily. Now we're going to grow to provide family, so divorces, child child modifications, child support issues, um, immigration. Because I mean that's just my story, my life, and people have issues and may not always have resources or know who to go to. Um, and then one of us, bankruptcy and um, and criminal. Nice. So areas that we've, we've seen from experience people have called us for or people have reached out to us and we just, I, I just wasn't doing it because I can't wear all the hats. I am sort of specialized in the things that I do and do well. So what I did was find other people who are specialized in what they do and do well and use that as a way to grow the business. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's all to do with that growth mindset mm-hmm. that we're, we're talking about. So we talk a lot on the legal side. I even mm-hmm. I even share some of my personal experience. And, and the other thing, I don't know if you want to throw in any two cents on this. Anytime you're doing any type of business, mm-hmm. make sure you have some type of legal binding contract. contract. Right. Is and it, if and if you don't have a contract, make sure that you state that you don't have a contract. Yes. Yeah, I think I was inspired by that to actually say, make sure you're having your text or something. I think I said this to you. Mm-hmm. This is for conversation only, negotiation matters only. We haven't decided on anything. So yeah. that way, everybody is clear that we're just talking. Even if I'm paying something, we're just really trying to figure out until we have something signed, we are not bound by anything. So I'm not trying to, obviously, I'm not having you talk about anything except maybe mine where I give you my authorization. Yeah. And I know you would never do that. But um, 
like just random stories where it's like you've you've seen you've seen and heard some stuff. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes down to estate planning, mm-hmm. people when people pass, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know, it's like the devil comes out in family people, members and absolutely. stuff like that. Why is that? <sighs> I think why is that? What do you think that is? Um, There's greed. There's always a greed factor, right? Where there is something to be made, there's always a greed factor. I think there's also just human beings are selfish by nature. You know, they're looking out for themselves. And what happens in family situations, everyone feels that they're deserving of something. So if someone passes away and doesn't make it clear what goes to who or how something should be done or how they want their children or heirs or whoever to handle certain things, everyone else's selfish and personal feelings and personal desires come into play. So I think that's a part of it, which is, I mean, it's human nature. I think we're all a little bit selfish and a little bit greedy. But when we have to now combat and fight with others to sort of feed ourselves, that sort of animalistic instinct comes out. And that's what you, yeah, that's what you end up seeing. Um, and in some cases, it may not even be that. It may just be, okay, someone put away some money for their children, but it, it's not accessible anymore because there, it, wasn't, it wasn't planned for the right way. The beneficiaries weren't updated the right way or stated the right way. It wasn't protected the right way. So you have minors getting lots of money and there's no trust around it. So there are all these little nuances that come up when it comes to estate planning issues. Um, you work hard. You you do you know you do what you do because you're trying to provide for your children. You can provide for them, but if you don't protect how you're providing it or how you're putting things away, then you're kind of just throwing the coins up in the air and hoping it lands in the right pot. Mm. That's that that's where estate planning comes in. To so plan your estate, to provide, to give clear instructions, give directions, so that people don't have to second guess what you wanted to do. So having a, a good estate planning in effect is mm-hmm. is is going to be very important for anybody that's going to leave anything at all. To someone, yeah. To someone. Yeah. And that I would imagine that would be for like your business or anything. Mm-hmm. So Entrepreneurs, I mean, definitely have conversations about how to tie in your business or business proceeds or profits or something to estate planning, especially when businesses have partners, multiple partners in it. Right. I was talking mm. to a, a, mm. you know, have clients come in. You have two, three partners in the business. They want to just form the business. Let's go. I'm like, great. You formed an LLC. Now what? Um, I always try to bring up conversations that are more than just we formed an, a business. We have a business. Great. We're business owners. What happens if one partner is unable to work they're now in the hospital they're in a coma like what happens do they get paid do you put the money away do we like plan to give it to their beneficiaries have they set up or mentioned their business income or proceeds in their estate plan if if no one knows what beside businesses and what other side hustles and things they have will the family ever know that they have money invested somewhere else so those are part of the conversations that i try to have with my clients that's just beyond one aspect of some, of something because you could come in for business and in that conversation we're talking about S- your real estate or real estate investments or something else in the same conversation we're talking estate plans and what trust you need to put in place and how do you plan for your family and your kids and stuff like that so I think they're all sometimes interconnected um, not everyone sees it that way but I think they are and I think one with the immigrant mindset, you come in here, we work our butts off. Um, We're working so hard so our kids wouldn't have to work as hard, right? But part of that is how do we prepare and plan for them? What do we put away for them? 
um, I, I'm not a financial person, but in the estate plans, I mentioned, okay, are you, you going to have UTMAs? And people are like, what is that? Like, do you want to put some proceeds away for your children? You want to put some, not just a trust, but proceeds. Yeah, you have five, two, nines for college, but you can put a, you can put away something. You can do dividend, you know, stocks. I'm not a financial advisor, but they're just common things that you can just do to help children. So in the next 15, 20 years, they're not starting where we started off. They have, you know, yeah, a little bit legacy more. Building. Something, yeah. So this is a, I try to make my conversations a bit more comprehensive. So yeah, that's very comprehensive because yeah. a lot of people figure that if they pass, they, they have a will. What's the, what's the, what's the, what is that? Yeah. And yeah. A will gives direction. A will gives direction. It's good. It, it says, this is the road. This is where to go. This is where I have some investments. This is where I have, you know, some insurance. This is the house. This is this, this is that. That's what a will does. And then it says, oh, all this stuff here, you take it, you don't take it, you get half, you get third, whatever. It gives instructions. It gives, it's a good roadmap. Mm. Um, but there might be something else needed depending on where those things are, right? Mm. Depends on what's at the end of the road. If at the end of the road we have an insurance, you know, and you have insurance that you've purchased, mm -hmm. do we have the beneficiary set up mm -hmm. the right way? Is the beneficiary a person or a trust? If it's a trust mm. for a minor. Um, if it's a minor, do we have guardianship set up so that someone can take care of that minor should there be an instance where you're not available? So there's a, it's it becomes this web of conversations that we need to have, not just, oh, yeah, we did this, great. <laughs> mm, yeah. All these other things that are out here. Do you want to do it? Do you want to take care of it? Do you want to plan for it? And how do you how do you do that? Are you actually yeah. plan and get stuff together? Yeah. So, and because with a will, sorry. No, once good. a will is done, I mean, sure we get the basic estate plan in place. Um, and once someone passes, then we got to go to probate. Probate means we go to court and say, hey, we have a roadmap. Help us say that this roadmap is valid, so we can go share what we need to share. That's cool, but it's a process. You now got to tell the state about your roadmap. What happens with uh, a trust, however, is we, my family, we all say, okay, grandpa put this trust in place. He gave us the roadmap. He told us how to do it. We don't need to talk to the courts. Wow. Hey, court, we have a roadmap. We know what our plan is. Grandpa already told us what to do and how we're going to do it. Thank you. Okay, move forward. And that's done. So no no legal fees. No, well, yeah, no, no, no legal, legal fees, fees. Nothing. Yeah, you don't get to involve the court. You just let, you know, you can say, we got it. <laughs> we're good. Okay. Um, so there are things and depend on, of course, how much assets you have, what you want to build, how you want to build, how you want to structure, all of that could be set up. Some people figured, I don't know, some people figured is a, is a size, like how much income you're making or whatnot would want you to, to venture out into protecting it. Right. But yeah, some, I mean, sometimes, you know, if you don't feel you have a, a lot of stuff to protect, then you wouldn't feel as inclined to protect it, right? But mm. I do believe you can still give someone a roadmap. Right, at least. At <laughs> you least. can do at least give the roadmap. So, um, and then yeah. as you grow and as you have more things, you can then determine, you know, how you want to protect those things. Then while you were giving a lot of advice, because, I mean, a lot of it's people getting a lot advice. of knowledge. <laughs> and that's, you know, we, we talked about trust and put your stuff in the trust. You don't have to keep going to a probate because yeah. that can be costly time-wise and yeah. money that's probably. Money, yeah. yeah. Um, but... These days, everybody's an expert. Of course. TikTok. Oh, my word. In the TikTok world. Everybody's <laughs> an expert. No, I feel very happy I'm sitting across from an actual, you know, expert. Like in the still field. learning, but yes, I, I am in the I, I am mean, in the field, but there's to, always something to learn. <laughs> the state tell you that yes, you can yes, legally can, do X yeah. and 
apart from the simple fact that you know your stuff, right? Yeah. So expert. Let's let's just leave it at that, okay? <laughs> okay. What are some of the terrible stuff you see online that people are trying to talk about in your space? Because it's out there. What are some of the stuff that you probably see that you say, hey, that's out there, but yeah. maybe or maybe not. You want to talk to a legal specialist before you even considered what some of the stuff oh. that they're just spewing. Wow. The most exciting one or the most interesting one, fascinating, however you want to put it, is the whole LLC formation. Everyone can form an LLC now. And that's great. Mm. Um, not everyone remembers to do a PLLC for professional services. Mm. That's step one. Everyone forms an LLC, then they want to do your EIN for you. They don't always have had this happen. Someone come in, I have an EIN. I'm like, no, you don't. They're like, oh, I do. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, oh, I paid this. So how much? This is how much I paid for it. It's like, well, technically, you don't pay for the EIN. You pay for the service, but they charged you for the EIN and charged you for the service too. And you still don't have an EIN because they didn't use your business to set up the EIN. So they use you as a sole proprietor, not the LLC, because they didn't form an LLC for you. Oh, they did. No, but they formed it after the EIN, and that doesn't make any sense. So, so there are things that happen, and you're thinking, wow, this is amazing. But everyone's a service provider. Now you have the online programs. They'll do the EIN, do your stuff, file your LLC, and tell you your business is good to go. Great. Do you have an operating agreement? Not really. I'm like, okay. Oh, I could pull something up from the internet. Sure. Mm. Um, for a sole proprietorship, sure. You can go put something together. No one is going to come challenge you. But if you have a partnership and you're trying to use a standard document off the website without really talking about the nuances and details and what certain things may happen and how things could be applicable, then you're just sort of, you have nothing. Let's mm. just consider it. You have nothing. Mm. So it's always interesting to see those ones because I'm like, okay, great. We can start from there. Or to contract documents that they download and say, yeah, we negotiated this. I have a contract. I have a contract. I'm like, <laughs> okay, what's in the contract? Well, I don't know. They drafted it. I'm like, they drafted Did you negotiate any part of it to actually protect yourself? Yeah. Well, you know, they, they know what they're doing, so they drafted the contract. I'm like, cool. Mm. So we look at the contract and you have, you have not protected yourself in any way. Mm. Like so zero. when I was starting my LLC, obviously, I didn't know like I just say I wanted the LLC but mm -hmm. I'm just going to kind of put it out there and mm -hmm. you know you can just kind of comment on it I because of the folks that were in the space at the time mm -hmm. they were doing like a Delaware LLC mm -hmm. so I, and I don't know I'm just I'm just talking just, just mm -hmm. Delaware LLC so I went and got myself a Delaware LLC mm -hmm. and got a registered agent in Delaware Mm -hmm. I got a registered agent in Delaware. Yes, yeah. I, I use Harvard Business Review. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the service that I ended up using to mm -hmm. get the Delaware LLC. Um, but there was some things that I was reading at the time that I figured would be good for me to get a Delaware LLC. Um, is there any true benefit to getting that versus just had gotten an LLC here in Texas? I mean, it depends on what you're trying to protect, right? Uh, so some people say, Oh, the LLC maintenance in Texas. Texas is actually very good for business, uh, but they say, oh, well, it's less maintenance, it's less paperwork. I think Texas requires a franchise tax filing. Franchise taxes are kind of zero if you're under a million dollars, which most small businesses are. Right. Uh, that's the one thing like, well, Delaware, you don't have to do this, you don't have to do that. I'm like, what else do you do? Unless you're a major corporation. Ah, I see and we're that got about me. Numbers. 
that actually what are you happen. like what what else are you doing like, your, your business unless if you hit a million sure then we can start thinking about strategically planning and structuring a move oh yeah well you're gonna hit a million in two years fantastic so mm. where's the business plan that actually supports that yeah. that we're going to do that um well yeah i mean there are some people who say well we want it to be an anonymous llc because i would don't want my name to be there i'm like but you know in this day and age i mean chat gpt can find you like what <laughs> are you what, like what is it what are you hiding from <laughs> you know they're just all these <laughs> ideas and concepts and when you challenge it it's so baseless you're like yeah. sure you want to go do Delaware you want to do Nevada or Wyoming because you want an anonymous one and it's less paperwork and it's this and that I'm like okay then you ask what's your business model what's the plan how are you going to execute and there's not much thought over there mm. it's like those are the things that help you determine sometimes how you want to structure and what you're trying to protect or you know, provide or hide. Well, you want eventual, you want investors and you want to do shareholders and Delaware corporations. Sure, corporations and shareholders, that may be something that's beneficial because it makes certain processes a little easier. Mm. But until we actually know what, like, is where your business is, when we start talking about shareholders and multiple, so everyone has grand ideas, ideas and yeah. a grand vision. But when we talk about execution and how are we planning for that, you know, it's not yeah, always for me. Well. I was just following what I saw people doing. Right. I was like, okay, this is what they're right. doing, and I figured it allowed more flexibility to have my reps in different states working. I well, it, it <laughs> you have to do a foreign, you have to sort of do a foreign entity filing. I just did that states. for Louisiana. Okay, I just yeah, that's did, what you I have. Just did that and wherever you're situated. And I had you to have a statement do? of com uh, uh, something of fact, right, uh, for Texas right. because uh, because I had it in. Because I was doing the Delaware, um, now I'm in Texas. I still have to do franchise taxes. For so yeah. it's like open a business here anyways. Yeah. And I didn't even knew that for two years because I was a solar entrepreneur for yeah. two years. So when I actually have the business mm -hmm. now and I went to get an additional bank account, they were like, well, your LLC is not operational. I'm like, what? So what's what going on? <laughs> so, and, and that's yeah. how I found out that I actually have to pay taxes in, in Texas. Even you're though operating. Yeah, you're yeah. But, but you live and you learn because yeah. now I know I'm moving into Louisiana. Mm -hmm. I already got everything mm -hmm. set up. Um, well, to the best of my knowledge, probably you could tell me a little bit more that I need. Right. But at least you have your foreign entity filing over there to establish mm -hmm. that you are going to be operating over there. And now you have to kind of keep up with what their filings and their requirements are. And I already so, have an idea right. that so I need to, yeah. Whatever state you're going to operate in, you're going to be doing business there. So you need to set up yourself as someone that's doing business over there. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lot of advice that are out there that's not so good. And I'm glad that we talked a little bit more on the legal side because for me professional like like say doctors and, and lawyers and stuff like that who just goes to school for many many years mm -hmm. I feel like me just talking to them I'm just kind of stealing some of their information <laughs> I didn't even <laughs> want to do you know what I mean but I just yeah. for the for the um just just for the added added value right. stuff like that so I'm glad you were kind of open and shared a lot with us on on today so um it again it was an absolute pleasure bringing you on um you've shared much valuable information with you know potential viewers and and everything like that um i'm thankful to even had you working with you because you helped me save a book of money <laughs> thank you so thank you for that <laughs> And um, so it was a, a pleasure having you. Thank you again for your time. Because yeah. as I mentioned earlier, like I feel like when I speak to professionals, 
in this type of capacity, I mean, time is money. So you come here as a lawyer, spend like over an hour with me. <laughs> you know, I'm look, trying to figure that I need to go for my checkbook. <laughs> so it was a pleasure. Thank you for coming out. Thanks again for your time and uh, one love. One love. Thanks. Appreciate you. It was right. fun. It was. It really, myself. really was. I loved it. <laughs> I yeah. told you I was excited yeah, for this Yeah, no, one. this is, this is good. Like, oh, it was, it was, I'm kidding. I can't. It, it was good. Go. <laughs>